Hey everyone, welcome to the Whole Health Empowerment Project podcast. I'm your host, Trisha, registered dietitian, nutrition coach. This podcast is for busy women like you with a desire for achieving better whole health balance. In this podcast, you'll learn practical tips to get you started, motivation to keep you inspired, and guest interviews that will empower you to take action. Come join me in failing forward one tiny step at a time into the journey of health, wellness, and self-care. Let's get started. Today, we'll be talking about the last component of the healthy mom trifecta, movement. We'll talk about why movement and physical activity are important, health consequences of being inactive, and the benefits of moving more and sitting less. And lastly, we'll talk about practical tips to get you started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. So happy to have you here with me today. Let's talk about movement and more importantly, the the lack of movement. I've shared with you all on the previous episodes about my hip fracture and the decreased physical activity related to that injury. What I haven't shared is the ongoing struggle to resume physical activity after that injury. The more I try to jump back into being active, the more pain and discomfort I have, which stops me from being able to move forward. Honestly, sometimes I'm in disbelief that what what was so easy for me to do four years ago is something that is really difficult for me to achieve now. I find myself moving faster than my body can handle with this sense of impatience because I want to look better and I want to feel better. I tire easily, physically, and I find a lot of excuses about being too tired to keep moving forward and continuing physical activity. I know, however, that the only way out of this cycle is to move forward anyway, that I need to commit to a small amount of movement every day, no matter how gentle. It's hard to see how far I need to go, but I am trying to be patient and live in the present, which is a new approach for me. Whether it's chronic pain or illness, the craziness of life, or just being too busy between juggling work and home life, whatever it is that prevents us from being active. We all deserve to have the benefits of movement. We use excuses like, I'm too tired to exercise. I can't afford a gym. I don't have time. I know I have used all of these at some point or another. I think as women, we wear this weird badge of honor of being too busy to take care of ourselves. But what if we change the thinking to a state of feeling proud of ourselves for taking care of our own health? instead of being a martyr and sacrificer of it. How much more controlled and powerful would we feel, I wonder? Today, when we talk about physical activities, I'm going to refer a lot to the Physical Activity Guidelines for Americans 2nd Edition. So that link will be in my show notes. Why I picked this to talk about physical activity is is because it's an evidence-based, science-driven data recommendations for physical activity And the physical activity recommendations in this guideline is for the entire life cycle starting at age three. To understand why movement and physical activity is important, I think we first need to understand the consequences of being inactive or sedentary, which mean the same thing. An inactive lifestyle 
includes the time that you that you're the time that you're sitting and not doing anything. So this could be sitting in front of the TV. This could be working on your computer, um, or it could be using a tablet or an iPhone or something like that, or any kind of phone, any smartphone. What this guideline really talks about is the the relationship of inactivity and the increase in um, physical consequences of that. So what we know is that there's a relationship associated with being inactive and a decrease in your health. A decrease in physical activity or any kind of decrease in movement leads to an increased risk of heart disease and all-cause mortality. In the United States, the heart disease and stroke are the two leading causes of death. Physical activity reduces the risk of dying from heart disease and lowers the risk of developing heart disease, heart attack, and stroke. So that's heart disease and stroke can be decrease the risk if you're doing some physical activity. A lack of physical activity has been associated with an increased risk of diabetes. When I talk about diabetes here, I'm not talking about somebody who has like an insulin-dependent diabetes. I'm talking about a diabetes that's related to having uncontrolled blood sugar related to lifestyle. The more time spent being inactive also increases your risk of some cancers, including colon and lung. What these guidelines also show us is that seven of the 10 most common chronic diseases are favorably influenced by having some kind of physical activity. The current U.S. statistics when it comes to physical activity is that children and adults spend about 7.7 hours per day being inactive. It's a lot of time. Only 20% of adults meet the criteria and recommended guidelines for aerobic and muscle strengthening activity. 80% of U.S. adults are not meeting the guidelines for physical activity. A lot. So there's a lot of room for improvement probably for all of us, not just myself. Males tend to meet the criteria of meeting the recommendations more so than female. So that's 24% of males are able to meet the criteria versus 17% of female adults. So what's the good news in all of this? Well, there's a large health benefit seen when a person goes from no activity at all to even implementing some form and small amount of physical activity. The benefit becomes greater as the person gets closer to achieving the recommended goal of physical activity a week, which is 150 minutes. We'll talk about that further. But the real big thing here is that once you begin physical activity, the benefits start immediately. Everyone benefits, including men, women, and children of all ages. So what is physical activity? We've talked about this briefly in a previous episode about the mom healthy life trifecta, but I wanted to review it again with you. So the World Health Organization defines physical activity as any bodily movement produced by skeletal muscles that requires energy expenditure. So this includes activities undertaken while working, playing, um, doing household chores, traveling, engaging in any recreational pursuit, like walking, hiking, swimming, gardening, anything like that. So we'll talk more about more of examples of physical activity as we move forward. I just wanted to kind of give you a framework and reference for what physical activity actually is. So now let's talk about the benefits of physical activity, and then we can move into what the recommendations are. 
to the benefits, we'll talk first about the benefits for children and adolescents. So this includes improved bone health. There's a benefit in weight status, so maintaining an appropriate weight. These are all benefits of physical activity. For children, there's also an improvement in cognition. So this is associated with an improvement in brain maturity, brain development, and how children perform academically is, is, tends to be a little bit better. And for kids age 6 to 13, there was also benefit of a reduced depression risk in that population. Now, the health benefits in adults, including older adults, are, are quite a few. So when I'm talking about the health benefits, I'm talking about anybody over 18, okay? So I'll, there's a pretty big list. So again, this is the health benefits of incorporating physical activity into your life. So there's improved muscular bone and functional health, reduced risk of diseases. So there's a lot of chronic disease associated with inactivity, which I mentioned. So if you're able to increase your physical activity, then you're able to reduce your risk of developing those diseases. So this includes diseases such as heart disease, stroke, diabetes, various types of cancers, which we talked about, but I'll also add breast and colon cancer in this. There's a slower progression of hypertension or diabetes. So even if you have hypertension or diabetes, doing some form of movement or physical activity will help slow the progression of that disease down, which is a really big deal. Better sleep, improve cognition and memory, a reduced risk of dementia, including Alzheimer's disease. There's satisfactory weight management and obesity prevention. So regular physical activity along with an appropriate calorie level, so not an excess of calories, will help decrease abdominal fat and preserve muscle mass. There's also fewer symptoms of depression and anxiety, a better quality of life and sense of overall well-being a reduced risk of all-cause and disease-specific mortality. And for older adults, there's a reduced risk of injuries related to any fall. The key recommendation from the guidelines are that all children, adolescents, and adults are recommended to move at least 60 minutes per day and that all Americans should perform regular physical activity to improve overall health. So again, we'll talk about some of the recommendations and some examples of recommendations, and we'll talk about how to be able to implement these because I think when we hear 60 minutes a day, it sounds like a lot, especially for somebody who's doing nothing at all. So we'll talk about just kind of like implementing things and implementing movement in any way that you can and how even doing a small amount every day. So even if you're only able to do 10 minutes a day, that will still have a health benefit than doing nothing at all. Examples of physical activity for preschool children include, I guess that's really going to be like a lot of games. So it's going to be playing tag, playing hide and seek, playing things like follow the leader. It's also going to be things that you're going to be doing with them, or they're going to be doing alone outside. So it's going to be going to the park, swimming, playing catch or tag, or running or skipping or riding a bike. It'll be things like gymnastics or tumbling or jumping rope, a jumping rope. It's going to be things that are more, you know, that are going to be more game-like or things that you're going to be able to have your child outside in your yard be able to do. 
examples of physical activity for children, children and adolescents. So this is typically kids age six to 17. So school age children examples of physical activity include walking, running, riding their bike or scooter, hiking, jumping, having, doing a martial arts class, having, engaging in sports or yoga or climbing a tree. For adolescents, it's going to be things like walking, running, hiking, swimming, doing yard work, doing video games that require some kind of movement, engaging in sports, martial arts, dancing, yoga, weights, or jumping rope, things like that. And children with disabilities are also encouraged to do physical activity. So the goal is for everybody is to avoid being inactive. If your child has a physical disability, obviously you would want to consult with your health professional to figure out what is safe for them. For this age group, you want to try to have as much variety as possible, and you want it to be something that your kids enjoy or else they're not going to do it. And you want to pay special attention to girls because what this guideline has suggested is, is that as, as people get older and more specifically as girls get older, girls more than boys are more likely to have a decrease a decrease in physical activity as they get older. So girls, young girls may need more encouragement to do some kind of physical activity. So now I'm going to kind of give you some recommendations for adults and those with chronic health conditions. Remember for kids or most people, the recommendation is to have 60 minutes of physical activity a day. So that's, that's children, adolescents, and adults. So we've talked about examples of doing physical activity for young kids, children, and adolescents. So now we're going to talk about more specific recommendations for adults, and then also trying to figure out ways and what activities um, we could do to try to increase the amount that we're doing. So the overall recommendations for adults for moderate intensity physical activity. So 150 minutes throughout the week is equivalent to two hours, 30 minutes per week. This can also be 30 minutes, five days a week, or 50 minutes, three days a week. Honestly, if you're not doing any form of physical activity at all, 150 minutes may seem really daunting. I would probably start somewhere, just start slow and start somewhere. So the goal is to do more than you're doing now and to be realistic about it. So if you're doing nothing, and then all of a sudden trying to do 30 minutes, five days a week seems too overwhelming. Maybe you start at 10 minutes a day and you do it every day, or maybe you do 30 minutes, but you start at like two or three days a week, and then you work up to five days a week. You can also do 75 minutes per week. So that would be equivalent to like one hour and 15 minutes per week, but the intensity of that physical activity would be much more vigorous. The recommendations are also that once you achieve the 150 minutes per week, so once you have a week that goes by that you're consistently able to do two hours and 30 minutes per week of physical activity for additional benefits, if you're able to do 300 minutes per week, so that's more equivalent of like 60 minutes, five days a week or four hours a week. So it's doubling it there's an additional health benefit there of increasing that from 150 minutes a week to 300 minutes per week. Physical activity examples for adults include walking, swimming, 
riding a bike, hiking, taking exercise classes, doing yoga, dancing, yard work, playing any kind of sport. How to make it harder is to do things like jogging or increasing the the hardness of the, increasing the difficulty of the exercise, adding weights such as resistance bands or um, using weight machines at the gym or any handheld weights. For older adults, examples of physical activity include things that are a little bit more gentler. So it would be things like walking, swimming, water aerobics, gardening, carrying groceries, doing yoga, doing something like Tai Chi. How can you tell what level of physical activity you are doing? Use the talk test. The talk test means that you can talk, but not sing during the physical activity that you're doing. If you're doing something a little bit harder, that it means that you'll also be able to talk, but you can still obviously breathe, but you might not be able to say as many words as you were before, and you definitely won't be able to sing. Some good news here is that the health benefits are seen by doing physical activity, even if you are unable to meet the target range. So even if you're not able to do moderate or vigorous physical activity, as long as you start and you're doing some form of physical activity, you're still going to see the health benefits. Some things I want you to consider when starting physical activity or doing any physical activity is making sure that when you exercise, it's in a slower traffic neighborhood. You want to make sure that you're utilizing sidewalks, paths, bike lanes, You want to make sure that you're using common sense and that the area is well lit, other people are present, you're not wearing headphones if no one is around or if it's dark outside. If it's really humid or hot, you probably want to exercise early in the morning or in the early evening when it's not as hot outside. You want to make sure that you're drinking enough fluids. So that means that you want to drink some water before, during, and after your activity. Most people do not require a sports drink if you're doing less than 60 minutes of activity a day. Water is is just fine. For women that are pregnant, not to lie on your back after your first trimester and avoid anything that could cause trauma to your belly um, or any contact sports like that. Now let's start to talk about some practical tips to get you moving. So early in the recommendations, we saw that People are inactive, adults and children, about 7.7 hours per day. So probably somewhere that's a little bit easier to start for most people or where it seems like we have some time is to limit the amount of screen time that people are doing daily. So try to limit the amount of time spent in front of the TV, on your computer or tablet, and maybe start something small like eliminating or cutting off 15 or 30 minute increments of time using screen time and replacing it with any movement at all. So this could be like turning off the TV and jumping or dancing or walking or playing with your kids, anything like that. Another way to get started is to choose an activity tracker, such as an Apple watch, a Fitbit, or download an app on your smartphone that will help track your physical activity. Walking is a really easy way to start. And most people can do that. Most people are not limited by that. So you can also use a fitness tracker or pedometer to 
to help track the number of steps you take every day. So I would start with where your baseline is. And then each time that you go for a walk, add about 500 to 1,000 steps per day. And the goal is to do 10,000 steps a day. But obviously, doing any steps above your baseline is going to be improvement. So that would be considered a win. Also, you can check out things like your smart, your smart TV or smartphones for apps that promote health and fitness. So things that I was able to find on my TV, my smart TV was the Peloton app or Beachbody on demand or daily workouts or daily burn or yoga or fit you or for the curves lady, my curves on demand. So there are so many available of these apps. Some are free. Some are free for trial periods and others will cost you a small amount of money per year. But most likely some of these things, like I know beach body on demand is $99 a year, but there's a whole library full of workouts that you can do in there. So it's probably a lot cheaper than, than joining a gym. These apps are constantly changing. So I'm sure by the time some people hear this, these apps won't be available or there will be other, other apps that will replace these apps that I'm talking about. One really easy and free thing to do is to try any YouTube videos. So I feel like we're in this age of technology. Life is getting so busy, but we also have these things at our fingertips that are free that we can use to help us. If you search in YouTube, you can search for things like exercise at home, exercise for beginners, exercise for teens, exercise for kids. You know, you can also search for yoga, walk at home programs, workouts for pregnant ladies. These videos typically are free, but they may require some searching on your part to find a workout that you enjoy most. So that's the only thing there will probably be a time component to this because most likely you're going to want, it's going to take you a little bit of time to figure out like what workouts you like, what ones you're able to do daily, what time. And then basically if it's like an instructor that you like, it might just take you a little bit of time to find that. But once you do, it's pretty cool because then you have all that at your fingertips and it's free. Other things to do to increase your physical activity include joining a YMCA that offers family programs throughout the year, join a swim club, parents of teenagers, maybe find a computer game that has a physical activity component in it or anything online that you guys can do either individually or as a family. Other ideas are taking a walk outside on your lunch break or after dinner. Other activities are playing outside with your kids, planting a garden and tending to it every couple of days or every day, taking a longer walk with your dog. If you have kids, you can try to do an activity with them on the weekend. So every Saturday or one day a weekend, just kind of pick a day and designate it for that day that you're always going to do something together. Other ways to promote physical activity is to have an accountability partner. An accountability partner can help you get started and can also kind of keep you on task and keep you consistent. Another thing is to listen to your favorite podcast. So maybe you listen to your favorite podcast, you create an exercise playlist, or you download some kind of audiobook, and then you can do physical activity while you're listening to those. I think that that's a really fun idea to do. I mean, that's something that I do. Some reminders about physical activity. 
is that you want to start where you're at with your current level of physical activity. So I don't want you to be like, oh, I could do this a year ago, so I'm going to try to do this again. So just start where you're at. That's the big thing. Decide what works for you. Do you want to move? Do you want to have some movement at home? Do you want to go outside and do physical activity? Or do you need to go to a facility because that keeps you more accountable because you have a network of people there? Decide which days this week that you're going to move and be realistic. If you're doing nothing at all, it may not be realistic to start moving every day. Maybe you start with one or two days this week and then add days on as it becomes more of a routine for you. I see a lot of people that do this when they make goals. They say, I don't do any physical activity now, but I want to make sure that next week I work out every day. What are the chances they're going to be successful? Probably not very much. And so the idea is to make this part of your everyday routine. So just try a couple of days a week and figure out which days you can do it and that it can become part of a routine that it's not, it's just something that you can easily add to the beginning, middle or end of your day. Also, it's okay if you're not able to do what you once were able to do. Just start where you're at. Any movement is better than nothing at all. Utilize the mantra, start slow and go slow. Start something that is manageable and then build up upon it over time. So then as it gets a little bit easier, increase the frequency of whatever you're doing. And then you can increase the amount of time that you're doing it. There is no right or wrong way to do this. It's more about what is right for you and what you can do to maintain your health and physical activity over the long term. This journey will take time and effort and may even require you to step outside of your comfort zone. It won't be perfect, but done is better than perfect. Whole health is not an impossibility, but only you can make it happen. I don't have it figured out but I know I can do a better job than I'm doing now. If you're uncomfortable starting physical activity, consult your health professional and they can give you further guidance. Knowledge is power here. So I've given you all of this. We've talked about all of the, all of this knowledge, but the real power is by taking action with this knowledge. That is the key to change. The difference between you and the person that you want to become is that action piece. Plan ahead and be prepared for any excuses and self-talk that you know you'll make. If a common excuse for you is, I don't have enough time, try to put things into place or try to plan it on your calendar ahead of time so that you know, hey, that's a scheduled time that's non-negotiable. I have to do that piece of physical activity. Figure out which day you're going to commit to doing physical activity or movement, what time of the day you're going to do it. What activity will you do? How will you hold yourself accountable to that? Do you need an accountability partner? Maybe that's the way that you hold yourself accountable. Implement small sessions of movement each week. Decide what works and what doesn't. Adjust, make adjustments, and then continue to build and create a foundation that works for you. There is no right or wrong way to do this. It's more about what is right for you and what you can maintain over the long term. The journey will take time and effort and may even require you to step outside of your comfort zone. It won't be perfect, but done is better than perfect. Whole health is not an impossibility, 
but only you can make it happen. I don't have it figured out, but I know I can do a better job than I'm doing now. You may feel that way too. Remember to start where you're at. It's not about being perfect. It's about being 1% better each day. Be kind to yourself, friends. I'll see you next week. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or self-care. Together, we can take tiny, imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at wholehealthempower. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.